Good morning. This is Sophia Miles, the girl in the fireplace, and you are listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'll see you in the future. November 29th, 2022. I'm Steve Fodor. I'm World Cup Chub. We're just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully they're important to you. If you need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. World Cup Chip. How about that FIFA World Cup, huh? Steve, I'm coming to you fly from uh, Qatar. <laughs> You've got a guitar? No, Qatar, Steve. <laughs> Qatar. <laughs> how's how's the soccer going i you you know how much i love sports steve there's matches on the pitch there's lots of throw-ins and lots of uh scoreless games we're enjoying <laughs> ourselves you and you and the scoreless games i i understand i understand the drama of a zero zero score in in a tight fought hard hard fought dramatic match Exactly. Well, last Friday, the United States tied England in a game. And uh, listen, it sounds like it was zero to zero, just so you know, zero to zero. And let me make sure I'm very clear on it. The United States was very aggressive through the whole game. You know, what it was is the United States was this finesse team and England was like, just, you know, I don't know how you'd say it. He's like Mike Tyson. All you do is punch him once and you go down. And every time England would get the ball, you're like, oh, my goodness, they're going to score. Because it only takes one to go in, right? It only takes one, and that would make the difference in the game. So the United States is just running around like crazy. They're bringing the ball down to their end. They're punching the ball for shots. They're not scoring. But every time England got the ball, you're just like, you have this gasp of uh, air, just like, just stop them. Anyway, it was very exciting. And, yes, it was zero to zero. (laughs) But because the United States tied their first game against Wales, Steve, Wales, give us that Wales, that Welsh accent real quick. I love, I love the Welsh accent. We, my son grew up watching Postman Pat with the Welsh accent. And I just, I just love the the culture of that, that small community, that small country South of England. Well, we, we tied them in soccer or football. And so, um, what we have is a game where we're playing Iran. So we're part of a four group uh, pod and the winner of that pod moves on to the next part of it. We've tied Wales, we've tied um, England, but because of Iran, uh, they beat Wales. We have to win this game. So if Iran ties the game or loses the game or wins the game, I'm sorry, they move forward. If we win the game, as far as the United States men's team, then they move forward. Steve, it's the game is today, my friend. It's going to be while you're in school, one o'clock your time, two o'clock my time. Right. Be on the pitch, Steve. Be on the pitch. Sounds great. I will be monitoring my kids in class to make sure that they are not watching that game while they're supposed to be learning. And just so you know, Steve, you can be just like uh, the people in Qatar. They can't drink beer either while they're watching the game. Have you so, seen Budweiser is probably going to sue them for breach of contract on that? Oh, because, I'm sure they are. Oh I'm sure boy. they are. Oh, boy. But but they've promised the winning team, the the, the, the country that wins the World Cup, uh-huh. uh, as punishment, they're going to send the Budweiser to them. <laughs> 
film at 11. Brings us to our film at 11, our movie of the week. Chip, my friend, you are right in the Christmas spirit. We reviewed Spirited, the Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds A Christmas Carol movie last week on Apple TV+. Plus. This week, you got a chance to see A Christmas Story Christmas on HBO Max. How did this one go? Well, Steve, you'd really like this film because it takes place in the south side of Chicago. <laughs> I love your Chicago accent. It's perfect. <laughs> I, I really tapped the, the energy of it, haven't I? Yes. <laughs> yes. And of course, all those people in Northwest Indiana and Hammond, Indiana, are very excited because, you know, they go back. Because our story starts in the south side of Chicago because Ralphie had to move to the big city to try to become a science fiction novelist, Steve. Okay. And so the year is 1973. They have a Plymouth that's got a bad radiator because that's what Plymouths do. Uh, uh, they're not available anymore, Steve. And then dad dies. That's, that's, the, that's the story. Dad dies, and they go back to Hammond, Indiana to help mom out with the funeral. But mom says, no, dad wants us to have a great Christmas. <laughs> That's some crazy logic there, Steve. <laughs> so this is... Uh, they, they put Dad on ice, Steve. <laughs> so this is a beloved movie. The Christmas Story is one of those movies that people talk about that is a part of the tradition. And, and finding this uh, new era of this movie in 2022 is interesting. Well, and you use it as a movie. And it's turned into this movie. But originally, it was a short stories. Okay. And they would show up in Playboy magazine. You know, as all great children's stories do. Family. <laughs> Family <laughs> entertainment. By the way, this would be one of two references to Hugh Hefner, uh, this show. Just okay. so I, you know. But anyway, so eventually they took all those stories. They put them together in a book. It was called In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. Gene Shepard's uh, work. Now, I don't think Gene Shepard has anything to do with this story. Vince Vaughn, though, is one of the producers of this. So there's your Chicago uh, reference there, Steve. Vince Vaughn, the quintessential Chicago guy who who just loves the, the idea of Chicago lifestyle. Well, and this is kind of a, a mixture of Christmas Vacation you know, with Chevy Chase okay. and A Christmas Story. I think they're going for both parts of it because there's a scene where there's a sled sledding scene. And what do kids like? They like people to fall over. They like people to be knocked down. That's where you get the giggles out there. There's nothing really offensive about this film. There's nothing really great about it. It's, it's not quality. But, you know, if you were, um, I don't know, a family and you wanted to sit down and watch a, a film and it had a holiday theme, I think you would enjoy it. I say this is going to be 40 out of 100. So, you know, not your worst, not your best, but I think that, you know, if you if you like the original and you're willing to send through a inspired by, there, there you go. You got yourself a, a movie right there. With a little slapstick comedy built in for for joy and, and uh, watching people fall down. America's Funniest Home Videos, A Christmas Story. Exactly, Steve. <laughs> 
I got a chance to see the new Wednesday series on Netflix. This is the spinoff of the Adams family story. Uh, Charles Adams is not attached to this. He also, like Gene Shepard, is no longer with us. But this series <laughs> is very much in the vein of the Adams family. I love the storytelling of the Adams family, talking about how we can all find our place in the world, how the weirdos that we are, we can find our place and help each other and be a part of a community wednesday in this one is kicked out of school uh for putting piranhas into the pool during the water polo practice by the way a scene that i just uh, i love the deadpan use of wednesday (laughs) trying to kill somebody this is attempted murder at the beginning of this series she's kicked out of that school and she is brought to the school that her parents attended the evermore academy based on the idea of edgar Allan poe's work and she finds her community of people and is still an outcast at this school because she's still the 20th century goth girl at this school so does this follow the comic strip or does it follow the the 60s television program or is this sort of uh inspired by two I would say this is a logical leap from the Tim Burton Adams Family films of the 1990s. Tim Burton is the executive producer of this show. He did direct half of the episodes. Danny Elfman does the music on half of them. This is the the continuation of that part of this mythos of the Adams Family. So like Christina Ricci? Yes, she plays one of the teachers at the Academy. And to see her acting on screen next to Wednesday Adams was a treat. She is still a wonderful performer. And having her there with her big grin, she's the the joyous teacher who's trying to help Wednesday while Wednesday is scowling at her like, I'm not going to listen to a teacher. Which which reminds us, we didn't post the um, the Thanksgiving scene from the Adams Family movies. Yes, <laughs> some of my favorite some of my favorite <laughs> moments are in those '90s Adams Family movies. I love the story of the Adams Family. I I love these characters. We have Thing going to school with Wednesday and being a part of this conversation. Uh, he he makes some naughty gestures in this movie, which is just hilarious because he was never allowed to do that in any incarnation before this. Uh, this is on Netflix. I did not watch the whole series because I enjoyed it so much. I didn't want to binge the whole thing. I watched the first two episodes and I actively turned off my television so that I could savor this. There's been some scuttlebutt on the internet already. People are already calling for season two of Wednesday because this is so well done. And so many people have gone through the story so quickly. They want more of this story. I, I recommend wednesday on netflix well that sounds awesome uh for those of you who have access to youtube and who would look for adult wednesday adams and watch that fun little series from i don't know what about 15 years ago it's probably 15 years ago now yeah those were so well done that actress did such a great job giving us the flavor of who this character is and who she might grow up to be 
We've got some movies coming out this week. Not a great week for going to the theater, I think, but we've got some movies that uh, maybe will reach critical acclaim. The first one's called Emancipation. This is the story of a runaway slave going through the swamps of Louisiana and and trying to get away from the plantation. This stars Will Smith. And if you remember earlier this year, there was uh, some controversy with uh, Muhammad Ali, Will Smith, <laughs> and um, and that guy that was a little penny, Steve. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> Will, yeah, Smith, the, the, Will Smith 2022 was challenging for sure. Uh, I hope that Will Smith is is better for his uh awful year that he went through and and his choices i think he's going to make better choices in 2023 this movie might be uh one of those turning points for him well this movie has been held mm. because this is supposed to be an oscar winner this mm -hmm. is i mean truly is going for picture of the year and apple who funded this so this will eventually be on apple uh, tv plus mm -hmm. they have held this because they didn't know how to release this because of all the controversy with the actor dc and the justice league is running through the same challenging challenges with the flash uh, right. actor who ran through some challenges well hopefully this this is this is, has to get very similar Hopefully, the actor's uh, performance can rise above the controversy that he brought to himself and his family. And my hope is that this is going to be the great film that we think this is going to be. This is not a very strong week, so we've got a great film right here. And if I'm going to the theater, I'm probably going to watch this film. All right. There's a movie called Savage Salvation. This is a recovering opioid addict who is seeking vengeance on the drug dealers responsible for selling drugs to his fiance that led to her death. This is Robert De Niro and John Malkovich. I'm surprised that Liam Neeson's not science, uh, in this because... Liam Neeson has a certain set of skills, Steve. Yes, yes. This is that that sort of story for sure. That uh, De Niro signed on to this. He's not the one who's seeking vengeance. He's he's one of the other characters. But yes, I could see I could see Qui Gon Jinn getting vengeance upon <laughs> this drug dealer for sure. So you have these two great actors, and what are they going to do? It's an opioid story, Steve. Steve, yep. let's go to a story that's also questionable. Yes, Violent Night is our next movie. This is one of those movies that takes the idea of Santa Claus and makes it into an, a, a very violent, very unnecessarily violent character who is going through life and uh, hurting people instead of giving gifts. This stars um, Mrs. Griswold, Steve. Yeah, Beverly D'Angelo is in this one. David Harbour is Santa Claus. And John Leguizamo plays Scrooge in this one. All right. So this is one of the films that I always question where you take children's characters, you know, Santa Claus, and all of a sudden he's going to go on a violent, vengeful night. Mm -hmm. But, you know, why not? <laughs> I, I don't holiday, like Steve. these films yeah th this is not a holiday film this is not a way to share joy in this holiday season this is this is taking that ip and and mo going in the other direction with it and for the record this will win this will win the uh most money for the week by the way this is the film people are going to go see 
Well, there you go. Then that, there's there's your reason for putting out a film like that. Is it, they the people will go see this movie. There is a documentary coming out called Dave Stevens Drawn to Perfection. Dave Stevens, you might recognize that name as the creator of The Rocketeer. Yes, and Dave Stevens died of cancer. So he came out with, uh, he. Dave Stevens has his pen work. His comic work, comic book work is incredible. Okay. What a pen. He created The Rocketeer, which eventually turned, was turned into a Disney film. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the Rocketeer still lives today, even though Dave Stevens is no longer with us. This is a, you remember when I was foreshadowing the part where I said, hey, Hugh Hefner's name is going to come up twice? Yes. Well, Hugh Hefner's name is going to come up in this documentary, I'm sure. Dave Stevens used Betty Page as, and Betty Page was a sort of a fetish model from the 50s. You'll know her as soon as you see her uh, face. She's beautiful. And, and anyway, um, she uh betty page was this this model that eventually kind of left her career uh and became this obscure person i think she lived in florida and all of her pictures that she did in the 50s were being used for all sorts of printings and stuff like that she received no money from those and so uh dave stevens using her as a model basically uh brought her back to the public's uh consciousness and with the help of Hugh Hefner, was able to secure the uh, the picture rights back for Betty Page. Betty Page was living in poverty. This became her income source. Hmm. And so Dave Stevens, along with Hugh Hefner, um, kind of salvaged this this person who was you know certainly struggling. Uh, Dave Stevens has a um, I'm, I don't know if it's going to be a great story. I'm just I'm fascinated to know a little bit about this guy who just didn't produce a whole bunch of work, but certainly had a influence on um, the creation of a character and touched the lives of a few people. So anyway, it's coming out. I'm interested in seeing this. If I can find it, who knows where I'm going to be able to watch this. It's always challenging to find documentaries. Uh, there's, there's a very limited uh, distribution of such films sometimes, but this seems like one that that you could find somewhere. And and since you love drawing as much as you do, I think that that this is a movie that speaks to you. Did you say drawing? Drawing, drawing. Steve, you know, there's a junior out there that's done quite uh, well for himself. He wants to know a little bit about his father, who is also a director. Hey, distribution on Netflix? What? Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is a name that most people recognize as the character that created the MCU. The Iron Man character made the MCU what it is today. And Robert Downey Jr. was the actor that made that happen. His story is pretty, pretty extensive before that. He had quite a life before that. And he has decided that he's going to make a movie about his father, Robert Downey Sr., who was a visionary American director in countercultural comedy in the 60s and 70s. This this documentary, at least the trailer for this, really makes me want to see this movie. Uh, Robert Downey Sr. was a character. Well, it seems like that uh, Robert Downey Sr. is going to play with his son as far as uh, make it difficult for his son to get anything done on this documentary about his father. He's very opinionated about filmmaking, for sure. (laughs) Oh, I think he's playing with him. And the other part about it is I think you can see 
how this led to Robert Downey Jr. sort of having some of the challenges he had in, in his youth. Now, youth people, you know, young people, they have to grow and mature. And um, because of uh, Robert Downey Sr. Uh, having, you know, the comedy chops that he does, you could see that, you know, his son also uh, grew and had those uh, same types of, um, uh, I don't know, voice? Is that what you say? Father and son having this, uh, similar voices Agreed. as far as how they view the world? Yeah, I think that this is an, a biography of Robert Downey Sr. and at the same time an autobiography of Robert Downey Jr. And I think that that matchup, this is going to be one of those films that that I will find. It's on Netflix, so it's, it'll be easier to find than Dave Stevens' film. And I think that this one might be uh, worthy of your time. And, and this wasn't released on Father's Day, just so, just so we want to point that out. Well, that this could have been a Father's Day release. Father's Day movies don't win awards, my friend. December is when you win awards. Book it, book it, book it. Book it, book it, book it. Book it. Book it. Brings us to our book at our book of the week. Uh, Chip, did I mention that I went to the Doctor Who convention this week? <laughs> well, you mean so you're saying too much scrolling was present at the Midwest largest Doctor Who convention, Steve? That's right. Chicago TARDIS 2022 was a huge success. And uh, I have an hour drive from my home to the convention every morning for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So guess what I listened to all the way there and all the way back? A Doctor Who audio presentation. What? Oh, my goodness. I, I would have never guessed, Steve. <laughs> You thought I would listen to music on the way? No, yeah, you, you don't know me very well. I <laughs> went back in time just a little bit and and got a copy of the Nest Cottage Chronicles. This was collected in 2015. It was written by Paul Mars, and it is a collection of 15 new Doctor Who adventures featuring Tom Baker, the fourth Doctor. That's the Doctor that everybody thinks of when they think of Doctor Who. He's the guy with the scarf. The guy with the curly hair, Steve. All teeth and curls. Yes, sir. <laughs> he left Doctor Who in 1981. He's the longest running doctor. He started in 1974 and stayed there for seven years. Maybe some people say overstayed his welcome in the role of the doctor. Most actors stay for three years, but he stayed for seven and became the quintessential iconic Doctor Who. He decided in 1981 he was fed up with the role. He did not want to be typecast. He did not want to be stuck as the doctor for the rest of his acting career. He went on to do other pieces, but 28 years later, in 2009, he came back to the role of Doctor Who for the first time in this audio adventure from BBC Audio. The Hornet's Nest was released in Christmas time of 2009. It is a Christmas-based story about hornets that can infect your mind and take over your body. This story is is a grand adventure. I love audio presentations. I've talked so many times with all of the actors from Big Finish, which is the audio company that creates most of the Doctor Who audio productions. And this one from BBC was really, really well put together. And apparently Tom Baker really enjoyed the concept of being the Doctor once again in audio format. 
And so he, this is not a, do you think they could take this and make it a cartoon? Do you think it's that type of presentation? They could. All of the big Finnish audio presentations could be visualized, but there's something about your imagination going through this audio adventure. There's something about what you bring to it that makes it so enjoyable and so easy to consume while you're doing other things like driving to the Doctor Who convention. And how long are, is one of the presentations? Do they follow the half-hour format of, of like the, the show? No, it's a full hour. Each of these 15 adventures is a full hour. So this is 15 hours of adventure that is then concluded with a full hour of outtakes where you just hear the joy of the actors working on this silly adventure that they're having. And Tom Baker being the the very thoughtful director that he is and helping to put this production together and telling people how to say the words in the way that he thinks is best for the production. Sabotage. He enjoyed this so much at the Hornet's Nest in 2009 that he came back and did two more of these Demon Quest in 2010 and Serpent Crest in 2011. Uh, in one of those, I was I was beside myself with joy when I heard the voice of Andrew Sachs, who you might know as Manuel from Faulty Towers. Andrew Sachs lends his voice to one of the 15 adventures and he voices, Reiki, prepare yourself. He voices the voice of the scarf. Of course he does, Steve. Of course he does. <laughs> it was it was completely out of left field. The scarf becomes animated in one of the stories and, and has this whole conversation with the doctor about all the adventures that they've been on together and how he's always been behind him and in front of him all around on his shoulder for the, all these adventures. It was glorious. So, you know, two of the 20 British actors, you know, that's all they have. They're in everything, Steve. Um, we're uh, part of these recordings. They, they have they have eighteen other actors they can pull from, Steve. There were quite a few other British actors in this. the The voice of Mike Yates is in many of these adventures. There's voices. Uh, there, spoilers. I'm spoiling. Never mind. There is the voice of one of the other doctors that shows up in one of these adventures, and uh, he's not actually who he says he is. And there is a competition between the two doctors for who's doing the right thing in the story. These are so well written, so well acted. I was in these adventures so much listening to these actors. Uh, Tom Baker went on after Serpent Crest and actually joined Big Finish and has been recording Big Finish audio since 2011. In 2013, he actually returned to the screen as the curator in the 50th anniversary episode of Doctor Who, the day of the Doctor, and everybody was just uh, amazed to see Tom Baker back in that role. He was supposed to be in The Power of the Doctor, the episode that aired for the 100th anniversary of the BBC, but unfortunately he was wasn't up to it he is turning 89 this upcoming january he is an old old man but it's so powerful his voice is so powerful in these stories and in all the stories that he's done since uh, i admire tom baker and his ability to tell us stories this is something that i think is missing i, I don't know if there's a lot of money to be made as in they could really cover costs I, I don't think you could put 
major budgets. But could you imagine, you know, when Leonard Nimoy and you know was alive and in Shatner, you know, doing a Star Trek adventure together? Or if you you know sit down and you had um, I don't know Mark Hamill and, and um, uh, Carrie Fisher and, and uh, uh, Han Solo, <laughs> Harrison Ford is that man's name. <laughs> Indiana Jones uh, got together and they did like a uh, you know presentation. You could see maybe even old um, uh, television programs like WKRP or something like that, where a lot of the actors may not want to be on screen, you know, as those old characters, but, you know, for a playful evening mm -hmm. to take a script and kind of read through it and make it a kind of a fun little uh, uh, enjoyment. What can I say? There, it's an hour long. Mm -hmm. You can get through a story fairly quickly and you're, you're revisiting all these things that you like. These, all these tropes that you enjoy. That is the wonderful thing about Big Finish is all of the audio dramas that they produce. You can have so many great adventures with so many different people, a diverse cast, because you can bring them in. They don't have to be in the same room together to do their recording. That was the best part of the pandemic was they were able to do these recordings at home. And then the magic of editing, the magic of all the Foley work that goes into these adventures, you have this viable adventure that really really brings those characters back. I think of Clerks, the animated series that was able to make so much more fun out of the characters of Clerks because they, they have all the adventure with none of the preparation because you can just draw whatever and make the voices work. I love audio dramas. I love the adventure of these. So what we're saying is that people could learn a lot from the Muppets explosion teams, uh, special effects teams, uh, because they seem to do a lot of stuff off camera, Steve. What I was saying was podcasting and audio is the way of the future. That's what I was saying. Radio, <laughs> I've been a radio guy all my life. I've always wanted to be in radio. And yes, those those radio adventures from the early days of radio, I still love the adventure of those. And the adventure of the Doctor Who stories is fantastic. You love those Gene Shepard stories, Dave. And and who's the other guy? The that the Lake Wobegon guy. He has some storytelling. Oh, Garrison Keeler. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Where all the uh, where all the men were uh, beautiful and all the women are handsome. You know, all all the all the kids were above average, right? That's right. There's there's great <laughs> things that can happen in audio, and and these stories are fantastic uh they're available on audible i recommend that you go and find them especially since they were collected in 2015 it is now one audible credit instead of three so uh it's a deep discount it's a deep discount sale that's what we're here for it's black friday on a tuesday steve <laughs> that's the nest cottage chronicles by paul mars scroll with it Brings you to our scroll with it. There's plenty of things happening in the world, but I paid no attention to them this week, Chip. I went to Chicago TARDIS 2022, and boy, oh boy, did I have fun. Well, the banquet was the day before, Steve. Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah. We, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thanksgiving. <laughs> we celebrated Thanksgiving, for sure. <laughs> that was that was a thing that we did, and, and my birthday. Oh, the TARDIS Eve, right? 
Christmas Eve. And the whole time I was just going, okay, so here's my schedule for what I'm going to see on Friday in Chicago TARDIS. Chicago TARDIS, the Midwest's premier Doctor Who convention. I just absolutely love it. It is my favorite weekend of the year going to see my friends, going to see these actors and producers and storytellers. It, it is a weekend of storytelling. It's the most wonderful time of the year, Steve. Mm -hmm. The focus on creativity and bravery and, and community and caring and empathy was, was so on display this weekend. That was what everybody was talking about was how can we tell stories? What is the purpose of storytelling to get to the heart of humanity? That's what we do uh, in Doctor Who fandom. Now, would we consider this the first post-pandemic TARDIS? where things are back to whatever the normal is? That was a conversation that we had many times this weekend. We were still masking. Uh, we were still seeing uh, fewer people than we saw pre-pandemic. So I would say that we are not through the pandemic yet on the convention circuit, and we are still caring for each other by masking and and keeping a little bit of social distance but at the same time there was no plexiglass there was no separation between us and the actors and producers who were there we got a chance to be together at this convention so tell us about you you had a lot of conversations i did tell us a little bit about those conversations steve I got a chance to have a LobbyCon interview with Safia Miles, the girl in the fireplace, and I immediately texted my wife a, a look on my face of just joy to be able to talk to somebody who created part of one of my favorite stories from Doctor Who. The Girl in the Fireplace from 2006 is a story uh, uh, lovingly ripped off from Audrey Niffenegger's The Time Traveler's Wife. And it's just a beautiful story about relationships, meeting each other, falling in love, and having an ending to that love story. And it all happens in one hour in The Girl in the Fireplace because uh, time travel and skipping around through one's life. I just love this story. And a lot of the people at Chicago Tartars were happy to meet Safia Miles and to talk to her about her role. All right, then who else? Who? Who? <laughs> the who? seventh doctor, Sylvester McCoy, was in, in his not, not, glory. Not Bones? Not Bones McCoy? Right, the other McCoy, the real McCoy. Damn it, Steve. I'm a, I'm doctor, a doctor, not a doctor. <laughs> not a time doctor. traveler. <laughs> Sylvester McCoy is the most charismatic person I, I think I've ever spent time with. His ability to tell a story is renowned and his ability to run a panel. Uh, we've talked about Sylvester McCoy before. He does not sit in a chair on a stage during a panel. He takes a wireless microphone and goes into the audience and asks people questions in the audience and has people in the audience ask him questions and it is the most entertaining hour of the whole weekend he had with him his companion ace sophie aldred who is just as charismatic just as caring just as willing to share her stories and the two of them together on stage is glorious so you have two examples of how to age gracefully mm -hmm. uh, how to certainly we all want to be a person like sylvester mccoy and Sophie Aldred. 
Mm -hmm. Agreed. Uh, they And to be as energetic as they are, to be as thoughtful as they are, to be as caring as they are, they are definitely stand up as examples of who I want to be as, as I age gracefully, as you so aptly put it. Did, did you uh, glean anything new from us? Now, you go every year, Steve. I'm sorry, too, too much scrolling has a presence every year, Steve. Did I learn anything this year is, is a great question. Just again, that message of kindness and joy and heroism was on display even more this year, post pandemic, thinking about how we can be kind to each other, how we can help each other. And, and the stories of Dr. Who being that helpful person was uh, something that we talked about a lot. Let me interrupt on that because very timely on this, was the shooting uh, in Chesapeake, Virginia this this last weekend. And that was one of the managers there. Mm -hmm. And he left a note. And that was part of what he was saying, is that he was not considered a very kind person, but he also felt he was being bullied. Mm -hmm. And he ended up taking it out in the most heinous way ever, where he took people out, their lives from them, and then took his own life. And this message of kindness and helping people live confidently and comfortably is certainly something that, that um, we all want to do for those that are around us. And, and a lot of the panels are discussing how we all are very different and how we are all going through a different situation and how we can help each other just by literally caring, literally caring for each other. Maybe we don't have the money to help each other, but the kindness that we share with each other can go a long way. And kind of giving mercy. Mm -hmm. Mercy. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a great, it's a great word that I, I don't say often enough, but letting everybody live their life and not hurting anybody. That was a, a, a lot of the conversation that we had this weekend. One day I want to become articulate, Steve, so I can actually present my ideas more clearly, mm -hmm. but you know, a lot of people out there really struggle to articulate what they're really feeling mm -hmm. or what they're really asking for. And to have the the, uh, the awareness to allow them to um, stumble through yep. that moment and be able to kind of glean what they're trying to ask to be able to respond appropriately. There's, there's your uh, gift that you can give the world. Listening. Listening is a big part of that. Being able to sit and just let somebody talk. I, I, I listened a lot this weekend. There were so many people that, that we had such great conversations. Uh, I was so happy to see Michael and Lynn Thomas at Chicago TARDIS this year with their daughter, Caitlin. Uh, that is a huge story in the Doctor Who community. Caitlin is is suffering and the family is suffering with her right now. And we are just there to listen and to care and to hope for the best for that situation. My friend Ben Sanders, a future pro football fan, Hall of Famer, came to the convention with me and, and tried to understand Doctor Who stuff while I tried to understand and football stuff it was awesome is it is he a kentucky colonel steve 
he's a big fan of the Dallas Cowboys. That's his big fandom. And he is all over the NFL. Whenever you see the Dallas Cowboys, you probably see Ben. He was, he's been on stage for the draft for the Cowboys. He is a, a very special part of my history with football. When I was dancing Steve for the Chicago rush. How wonderful Steve. Yep. Listener Laura and her brother came out and were a part of our community. I talked to Dawn very, very much about how we've been putting together this convention for the last 30 years. Lauren Cornelius from Big Finish came for a second year. Sophia Miles, the girl in Fireplace, Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred were the toast of the town. They were marvelous, gracious, kind storytellers. They give so much to this convention and all of the other conventions. We look forward to next year, the 60th anniversary year, the big Doctor Who news that will be coming out next year. Three David Tennant, 14th Doctor specials. Uh, we'll have a lot to talk about in 2023. Well, maybe the Purple Man will be back, Steve. <laughs> he's got he's got so many roles now. David Tennant is such a, a well-sought-after actor. Uh, I look forward to the year that he's going to have. Hey, Steve, did you know they thawed Ma- Mariah Carey out? it's time it's time to bring back mariah carey christmas is coming find mariah carey and see what she's up to you have been celebrating christmas already you've been putting up your daily christmas music on the hashtag tms christmas well we've been doing it every year we've had a podcast this is our ninth year producing our little playlist for you so if you like uh holiday music or winter music you know, it's a good time to kind of look for us and add some special songs to all those fun playlists. Yep. Go to Facebook, search that hashtag TMS Christmas. I've got a link to it in our show notes and you can find all that joy of all that music that Chip is pumping out. Awesome stuff. I, I look forward to uh, a great holiday season here with all of that joy of that music. I don't know, Chip. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? Only if we can come back next week, Steve. I think we can. We would love to hear from you. Give us a call or a text. Our phone number is 805-4104-TMS. Our website is too much scrolling.com. Our email is too much scrolling at gmail.com. We are still on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Search for the hashtag TMS Christmas. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And you can always ask your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Too Much Scrolling. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Foder. I'm World Cup Chip. See you in the future. See you on the pets there, Steve. Good afternoon. <laughs> <Turn it. laughs>